It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCW in Sitka. Today is Thursday, November 5th. I'm Meredith Reddick with Raven News. Republican challenger Kenny Carl Skaflestad of Huna has the early lead over Democratic incumbent Jonathan Christ Tompkins of Sitka. The winner of that race will represent House District 35, including Sitka, Petersburg, most of Prince of Wales Island, and other small communities in southeast Alaska. So far, just under 4,000 votes have been counted in the race, a little over half of the vote total from 2018. Scathlistad leads Christ Tompkins by 151 votes. This morning I kept getting calls and congratulations for, you know, what you did. Look, you're in the lead. And you know, I was thinking and, and saying, you know, say it again. Um, that's a signal from the voters himself. That's an action of the voters. Uh, the work, if, if I were to be elected, then the work starts and, uh, and, uh, and I'll have a job to do. But that was the work of the voters that uh, that's represented by the slight lead at this point. Skaflestad is a former mayor of Huna and works in construction. There are over 4,200 votes still to be counted. Christ Tompkins has held the seat since 2013. It's an election unlike any other in that <laughs> it's basically only half reported at this point. So... Interesting numbers across Alaska and across our district. And I've done a little bit of drilling into the absentee data, which is, of course, all outstanding, and, you know, have some expectations how that will play out. So I think it's just going to be kind of sitting tight, really, all of Alaska until then. Those early in absentee ballots will not be counted until next Tuesday, November 10th, at the earliest. There are also over 1,100 ballots that have been sent out by the Division of Elections that haven't been received yet. They could arrive by the November 13 deadline, 10 days from the election. For the Senate seat representing much of the panhandle, Republican incumbent Bert Stedman of Sitka has nearly 95 percent of the votes counted so far. Write-in votes are at just over 5 percent. Petersburg handyman Michael Sheldon ran a write-in campaign for that Senate seat after losing to Sedman in the August primary. Health officials announced one new coronavirus case yesterday. The patient is a woman in her 60s. She was tested on October 31st and is currently isolating locally, according to city data. Her case was published to the city's COVID-19 dashboard on Wednesday afternoon with some missing information. So far, it's unclear whether she had symptoms at the time of testing or whether her case is classified as community spread. Sitka's cumulative case count is now at 91. Eleven of those cases are considered active. That's down from a record-breaking 12 active cases Sitka reached on Tuesday. The previous record of nine active cases was recorded in June. The Petersburg School Board adopted a new policy requiring COVID testing for staff and students returning from in-state travel. The school board made the decision at a special meeting Monday night. KFSK's Angela Denning reports. The state does not require testing for in-state travel, so the Petersburg School District decided to come up with its own policy for staff and students. The policy mirrors the state's mandate for out-of-state travel, requiring five days of isolation in addition to at least one negative test result. 
Superintendent Erica Klupainter said she supported the new requirement because of the rising COVID numbers around the state. Everything we're doing is trying to do the best, very best that we can to keep our kids in school. And it's not perfect. This is not perfect. I keep thinking of it as a sieve, a little colander. There are still little leaks all over the place, but um, we're doing the very best we can, you know, with the information we have. The policy is for travel by any means off McCuff Island, by plane, boat, or ferry. It strongly recommends a second test after one week of isolation, but it's not required for returning to school. There is also an option for a two-week quarantine instead of testing. Initially, board member Jay Lister wasn't sold on the policy because he said he didn't want to confuse the public with more rules. I worry a little bit about the confusion. You got all these different travel restrictions from all these different places, and you're trying to figure out who's supposed to quarantine and where. Mm-hmm. So you got six different set of rules, and you're trying to figure out how in the heck you're supposed to. Yep. Board member Megan Litster said the policy would actually make it easier on people because all the travel requirements would be the same for in-state and out-of-state travel. By us implementing this, it would actually smooth that out a little bit because it would make it consistent for the school across the board. Board President Sarah Holmgrain said she received a lot of feedback from the community supporting the new policy. She said she supported it because it would help keep the schools open. It could prevent problems if people aren't being careful. You know, you had a whole family that left that had kids in multiple grades and didn't follow the protocols and came back in. And then then you have potentially all three schools shut down. The policy includes an exemption for travel under 72 hours, like the state's policy for out-of-state travel does. That addition helped gain the support of two school board members, Cheryl File and Katie Holmland, who were concerned about medical trips for staff and students. The 72-hour exemption would also cover short travel by school groups or others doing personal trips. Klupainter said she did not think the school district should need to monitor small boat trips to nearby communities. So if somebody is leaving to go on a hunting trip to Prince of Wales Island somewhere on their own boat, Mm -hmm. I'm not particularly interested in managing that. The school board also discussed testing availability in Petersburg. Same-day rapid tests are limited to people with symptoms and some travelers. There is a shortage of rapid testing equipment all over the country, and the Petersburg Medical Center cannot get as much as it wants. PMC's other test results currently have a three- to five-day turnaround time. Asymptomatic testing through search on the weekends has a four- to five-day turnaround. The new school board policy is an administrative regulation which means that it went into effect immediately and can be changed much quicker than regular board policies. The board plans to review it every few weeks. In Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning. Alaska Republican candidates up and down the ballot built large leads in Election Day results. And both ballot measures, which were opposed by most Republican politicians, also trailed by significant amounts. But with more than 40 percent of the ballots left to be counted, the outcomes of several hotly contested races remain unknown. Alaska Public Media and KTOO's Andrew Kitchenman reports. Republican President Donald Trump is currently leading in Alaska by more than 30 percent of the votes counted through Wednesday morning. U.S. Senator Dan Sullivan is leading in his race against Al Gross by similar margins, as is U.S. Representative Don Young in his race against Elise Galvin. But more than 130,000 absentee and early votes remain to be counted next week. 
and the State Division of Elections is still adding absentee ballots that were postmarked by Election Day to that total. For many Republican candidates for the state's legislature, the margins appeared to be large enough to assure victory. One is Robert Myers, a state Senate candidate for a district that includes his hometown of North Pole. He led independent challenger Marna Samford by 35 percent of the votes counted so far. Myers says he expects the margin to tighten, but he doesn't see the outcome changing. He's surprised by the count so far. I thought we would pull it off, uh, but I didn't think it would be this dramatic. Uh, I thought that I would end up with a lead at the end of the night, but it wouldn't be um, nearly so big that we'd be able to claim victory so easily. Meyer's campaign positions included returning permanent fund dividends to the amount under the formula in state law, currently more than $3,000. He says voters wanted change. They're wanting the state to go in a different direction in large part. Seven Democratic state legislators were trailing their Republican opponents on Wednesday, but at least some of them expect that to change once all of the ballots are counted next week. Anchorage Democratic Senator Bill Wilikowski is among those projecting what he says will be a huge shift in who's winning these races as more ballots are counted. He's trailing his Republican opponent, Madeline Geyser, by just 207 votes, and there are roughly 5,500 votes to be counted next week in the district. Wilikowski says conservative Republicans elected with promises of full dividends without new taxes will face practical and political problems. The size of the state's deficit with full dividends is more than $2 billion. you got to make that up somewhere. And, and with this current group of legislators that we're expecting, uh, they're not going to support additional revenue. And um, I don't know where they think they're going to cut $2.4 billion uh, out of the budget. So um, I, I just don't, the math just doesn't add up, unfortunately. Wilikowski supports Ballot Measure 1, which would raise taxes for major oil companies in Alaska. He described the measure as essential to paying full dividends. It trails by more than 30 percent of the votes counted so far. And while Ballot Measure 2, which would overhaul Alaska's elections, is trailing by a smaller amount, it still faces a significant deficit in votes that would need to make up. While conservatives did well on Election Day in Alaska, one cause favored by social conservatives, removing some judges, was not successful. At least half of ballots counted so far favored retaining all state judges. That includes state Supreme Court Justice Susan Carney, who was the subject of a campaign against retaining her. While the final turnout remains unclear, the combination of early, absentee, and in-person Election Day results appear certain to surpass the turnout in the last presidential election. In Juneau, I'm Andrew Kitchenman. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this has been Raven News.